Welcome to Training for Godliness, the podcast program of Spiritual Fitness Ministries of Greenwood, South Carolina. I'm your host, Chaplain Gray Stallworth. For a long time, I felt like there is a compelling reason why being fit spiritually is important to our well-being. While we are to treat our bodies as a temple of the Lord, we have to remember that being spiritually fit has eternal implications. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Sure, I promise myself I'm going to read the Bible more faithfully in the coming year, go to church more often, and serve others. But life gets busy and interferes with our best intentions. What if there was a way for us to train for godliness that we could sustain and remain motivated. I believe that if one can get started on a basic spiritual fitness program and establish good habits in doing so, then he can sustain the workouts. Please join me and some wonderful guests as we discuss some basic workout elements in the next several episodes here on Training for Godliness. My guest this week is Reverend Ryan Spurrier, He is the campus minister for the Wesley Fellowship at the University of North Carolina. He has previously served as an associate pastor in North Augusta and Greenwood, South Carolina, in the United Methodist Church. He's been at UNC since 2015 and enjoys working in the campus ministry. I hope you enjoy listening as we discuss Witnessing for Christ. Well, with me today on our podcast is uh, Ryan Spurrier, and uh, Ryan and I were uh, at the uh, St. Mark United Methodist Church uh, at the same time. He was our associate pastor, and uh, I certainly enjoyed uh, the time he was there with us and and, uh, my family, uh, particularly my son. I really enjoyed uh, hearing Ryan on a weekly basis, and and so uh, it's really good to have you on the on the call today, Ryan, and I look forward to us talking a little bit about witnessing. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, a lot of good, fun memories of those three years in Greenwood. Um, just a fun place, a neat place, a dynamic place, both in the the church in that season as well as just the town. Um, we love it and we miss it and glad to be able to connect even in just this way. That's great. That's great. Well, Ryan, Ryan tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, – your current uh, uh, position there uh, at the at the university. Well, sure. You know, I was born and raised in Irmo, and my dad actually taught at the University of South Carolina, so naturally I went to Clemson University and got involved <laughs> in the campus ministry. Um, got involved in the Clemson Wesley Foundation. I became a leader in that group, and, you know, as I got to be a junior and a senior, the work that I was doing as a leader in the campus ministry was more compelling than the work that I was doing in my math classes. Uh, I was a math major, <laughs> thought I was going to be a statistics professor, um, loved it, still love it, don't remember how to do it, but, um, you know, the, the, work of, the, the work of ministry just became much more compelling. And so I went to Duke Divinity School, and after Duke, I spent four years between Grace UMC in North Augusta and St. Mark UMC in Greenwood, but while at um, while at St. Mark's, I had the opportunity to preach at Clemson Wesley, 
and felt a very mm-hmm. strong calling to campus ministry. And so as the, the first step of that, we began a small campus ministry at Lander University, and we're there for two years mm-hmm. and, you know, had a, you know, just like when I was in math class, but also on the staff of the Clemson Wesley while I was serving as an associate pastor and also starting that campus ministry, just over time, the work of campus ministry felt more compelling to me. Still love the work in the the local church. You know, for everyone in Greenwood who hears this, I absolutely love that work, um, but just felt that my life and my life goals were, were in campus ministry, and that's where God was calling me for the next season of my life. And this opportunity came along at UNC, and um was offered an interview, and I liked them, and they liked me, and now here we are four years later. That is great. That is great. Well, you know, the being on campus uh, with uh, with the, the college students has got to be a uh, something that'll keep you young. You know, <laughs> being surrounded keep, by the by the student body. <laughs> yeah, keep me young or make me feel old, one or the other. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's true. That's there's some truth to that too. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, Ryan, as I've been working through this, uh, these spiritual disciplines, I, I feel that, you know, if we can do some of these things on a daily basis and, and if we approached it like some people approach their physical fitness, you know, then, then we would be a whole lot healthier spiritually. And, uh, so today's, uh, spiritual discipline is that of witnessing. So, mm-hmm. um, of course we, we're commanded, uh, by, by Christ, uh, in the Great Commission. Uh, to go out and make disciples of all the world. So, um, you know, we, uh, we, we, uh, I think we do this in obedience. So we really should try to figure out how to do it daily. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, what's, um, you know, I guess being, being on the campus that there are a lot of opportunities for, for you and, and the members, the students of the, of the ministry to, to witness to um, to others on campus, what are some things that that you all try to do uh, as you try to to be an example and and to tell others about the Christ? Yeah, you know, campus ministry, is, as you mentioned, is an interesting setting in that um, you know you get a group in, you teach them the story of of God's activity in the world. You help them find their place in that. You help mentor them and how they can integrate that into their life every single day and into their future plans. And just about the time you get that done, they graduate and you start over. And so, you know, we are just, we are constantly in a phase of outreach. We're constantly in a phase of of desiring new students um, to come be a part of our community. You know, I think mm-hmm. for us, one of our drivers is we have a core belief that God is bringing us absolutely everything we need for effective ministry. And mm-hmm. most of what God is bringing us is in the gifts and talents of the students that God is bringing us, some of whom we don't even know yet. Right. So that, that's part of our theological drive is that's one side of it. The other side, which, mm-hmm. which sometimes is theological and sometimes it's just human nature, is students who are away from home, many for the first time, uh, have a deep, visceral, um, gut-level feeling of their need for community, or at least mm-hmm. the need they have for community before they found community in us. 
So those two sure. things drive us out into outreach. One, we just know students need a community like ours. And, you know, I mm-hmm. deeply, you know, as the pastor, deeply aware of, of how they need that for more than just homesickness, but need that mm-hmm. as a place in the midst of, of all the other narratives. And this isn't unique to a college campus by any means. In, in the midst of all the other narratives about how they should spend their time, um, what they should invest their lives in, they need the story of the person and work of Jesus Christ. Um, sure. So, so those two, two bits. And then the other piece is, hey, we need them. Like, our community is not going to be as rich. We're not going to experience the, the presence of God as fully and as deeply unless we have all those people that God is trying to bring to us, all of their gifts, you know, all of their understandings about who God is. Um, you know, when we go out and, and to witness, it's, it's never from a place of we know everything and the people that we're talking to know nothing. Um, you know, we really believe in the notion of prevenient grace, that God goes before us, that God is already mm-hmm. at work in the life of every single person we meet, whether they know it yet or not. Um, and so they've got a, a story to tell us about God. And so I think mm-hmm. that, that can sure. mystify witnessing a little bit. You know, I think sometimes, you know, we might feel like we have to be experts because we are taking the truth about God and how weighty of an opportunity that is. Um, instead, we try to we try to put it on the ground level, which is, is true to the Methodist tradition and I think just true to the nature of God. Like, hey, we're just, let's just have a conversation about what we're experiencing, you know, trusting and believing that that person that we're meeting is also experiencing God in some way. Um, and that demystifies it a little bit for us. I, th- I agree with you. I think, um, you know, the word witnessing or evangelism uh, gets a bad rap. You know, because, uh, you know, connotations of, of somebody standing on the, on the corner with a Bible, you know, uh, being a, being a street, uh, message, you know, and, and trying to, you know, beat people over the head, you know, and, and, you know, scripture tells us that, you know, we're, we're just to, we're just not to fear, you know, uh, and, and, and let, let that stifle us. We're just to speak up for Christ and, and just to proclaim God's message and people will listen. And so and, um, you know, we, I think you. We, we, oh, I'm sorry, Greg. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, we have those people on our campus. We have a couple. Yeah. They, they call him the pit preacher, um, or one of them's the pit preacher, and then there's a second one. He doesn't have quite as clever of a nickname, but there's an area <laughs> of campus by the student union called the pit, and he's there, um, and you know, preaching something that seems to me very antithetical to uh, the truth about God that we see in Scripture, um, and particularly in the person and work of Jesus. And, um, you know, others come on campus as well. And, in fact, last year, a few weeks before Valentine's Day, uh, which also fell on Ash Wednesday last year, a group had come on campus to tell a number of our students that they were going to hell for a number of reasons, including uh, female students who were wearing pants as they walked by this particular group. And, mm-hmm. you know, our students were bothered by that. And sure. um, our students wanted to do something because, you know, in part they were mad because, you know, someone was was essentially, in, in their minds, lying about God and making a false representation right. on, on campus. Um mm-hmm. Valentine's Day was a couple of weeks coming up. We were already planning to give out ashes on campus. 
And we said, hey, why don't we also give out Valentines from God on campus, too? Mm. And so Great. we went out on campus and offered ashes for those who wished to receive ashes and the, the sign of the cross on their foreheads, but also offered little cards with hearts on them that said, you know, words of Scripture, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, just things as wow. simple as God loves you. Um, that's great. And, you know, I think that wow. one of the things that, that surprised me, Gray, when we started doing this work, um, every time we go on campus, right, it, it's hard to get started. You know, it's hard to, like, you know, one of the first times we did Ash Wednesday, my, uh, my student leaders came back and said, man, I've never felt more like I'm in a cult than right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But but every time we go on campus, like, that's our perception. It's a little awkward. Like, can we really bring faith into our identity? Like, can we really ask people about this? Can we really invite people to campus? Are we just wasting their time? Are we just interrupting whatever they're listening to on their earbuds, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really love it when people, like, put a flyer in my face when I'm walking by, like, are they going to like it? We ask ourselves all those questions and a myriad more. Right. Every time we go on campus, students are deeply, deeply thankful. Uh, mm-hmm. Not everyone, mm-hmm. but there are right. always people we meet that are deeply thankful that say, I've been looking for a community and I didn't know where to find it. Mm. Um, and that's, that's wow. what keeps us going. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, you know, the other thing I think about, you know, as far as witnessing and, and the campuses is, is certainly there are people with large platforms that can um, speak well and, and um, have a good message for others about Christ. Uh, athletes, uh, obviously, uh, there's some that are good <laughs> role models and there's some that aren't so good role models. But certainly... Uh, up the road here at Clemson, Coach Sweeney has has made no bones about who where his faith is. Um, other coaches and athletes do the same thing. So um, those are good opportunities, but those are people with huge platforms, <laughs> you know. And and I think there's a lot of work like what you're saying, you know, just in the trenches, <laughs> you know, that that has to be done as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think we have to, we have to, we have to look at that. You know, I, I think about, um, you know, things to do on a daily basis. If I'm, if I'm working out and I'm planning my workout tomorrow, you know, with, uh, it's lift day and it's, and it's cardio, uh, then I think the same thing should be true for our spiritual workout. You know, what kind of good deed am I going to do? What kind of good work am I going to do tomorrow? You know, and I'm going to plan that in my day. And how can I be a witness for Christ tomorrow? You know, in my office setting, uh, you know, in my neighborhood, um, at the ball field with my children and, and their friends. Um, so I think uh, lots of times we don't, we don't think that way, but we should and we, we can. We can just acknowledge Christ by our actions and by our attitude, you know, as we go about our day. And that speaks volumes, um, about who we worship. Absolutely. And I think that kind of witnessing, first to underscore your point about the normal everyday interactions as opposed to the big platform, Um, you know, every pastor knows, um, we may or may not want to admit it, 
But most pastors know people come to the church not primarily because of the pastor. They come to the church because of of the community and the laity and just mm-hmm. the regular mm-hmm. people in the pews. And or at least that's what make, makes people stay. Um, and new right. people and new people. You know, the people that are excited that have just found a community who go and tell their friends that they've also – the ones they've been commiserating about, about not having that community, you know, they go invite them, and new people invite new people, and that's how um, churches so often grow. Now, of course, every pastor would love for the uh, old established members to also invite <laughs> new people, but it just doesn't seem to right, happen right. that way as often. Um, sure. But with that, you know, witnessing, I think is, you know, it's a little harder for me at least, it's a little harder to pre-plan. Right. If you mm-hmm. just say, I'm going to go out today and I'm going to tell five people about Jesus. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if that goal helps us. Right. Because, right. you know, we can end up in forced conversations or we we're more more invested in what we're, we're saying and making sure we check that box than making sure we're listening. right. Right. And so so what you were saying about, like, hey, how do I just make sure this is part of my life? I think it's absolutely spot on. Um, mm-hmm. and, and some of the, the language we use at UNC Wesley when our leadership team meets, um, we we have a couple guiding questions, and the the one that kind of most applies here is just the question of what does every person we encounter need for their lives to flourish the way God intends for all creation? Hmm. And so yeah. before we think about what we do. We ask, first of all, we have a fundamental belief that what God is about is the flourishing of all creation. God made Mm -hmm. it. God loves it. God sustains it. God wants to see it at its best and full of life and flourishing. Um, And and that's kind of our our thumbnail sketch of who God is and what God's about. Um, Mm -hmm. And so out of that, what do people need? And, you know, when I think about my life, about the people who taught me the most about Jesus, whether they ever said the name or not. Um, the people who most brought the fruit of the Spirit into my life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, um, gentleness, self-control, those were the people who cared about me and didn't care about trying to fit me into a particular mode, but wanted to see me flourish. You know, wanted mm-hmm. to see me use my gift um, to the best of their ability. Wanted to see me grow. Um, and we're, you know, I, I tell my students, like, the day that I that I start caring more about what you can do for this ministry than what you need to be the person God's calling you to be is the day I no longer deserve to be here. Um, sure. You know, what is it like to look at every interaction, whether that's, co-workers, whether that's, um, you know, if you're the boss with your employees, um, whether that's you're an employee looking at your boss, whether that's within your family, like all these different myriad of relationships that God has called us into, like what does it mean if you walk into each relationship and say, what does this person need for their life to flourish today? Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not something many people do, and I think when we get that right, People are going to ask us in some way, like, why are you different? Or, you know, like, right. hey, I really appreciate this. And that's going to open up the door to tell them, tell them our beliefs about God and what God intends and what God is working for and how God works through us. Um, 
Well, yeah, I think uh, I read somewhere, in, and I was reading a lot of things about the witnessing, and somewhere in one of the scripture references or a study note or something, it just said, you know, that people are curious. And and um, when they see something about you, they want to know, you know, hey, you're you're different. Why? Why? What have you got? <laughs> you know, um, I want that. And, and like you said, that really opens the door. Um, I think about my YMCA roots, Ryan, and and that's what happened to George Williams, the founder of the first Y. He 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 got somewhere and and he he solved something about somebody and. He said, Man, "I want what you have," and and that right. opened up that door for for conversation. And and then and then George went on to do do many things that you know nobody knew, <laughs> you know, was in store for him. So um, I, I think that that curiosity, um, much like people were curious about John the Baptist and this weird person, you know, dressing and doing what he was doing, um, you know, all those people repented when when he when they heard him. You know, because they were curious. So I think we can, um, you know, we can create some of that by by just showing and, and speaking up and and letting our attitudes um, acknowledge Christ, you know, in in, in what we do. Um, so uh, I think that's that's um, that's a great way to look at it. Um, one of the things that I, I I think I've it's been true for some of these other disciplines is. You know, if we can make it a habit, if we can establish it, it feels a little bit like habit at, at the beginning, but then it becomes a desire. You know, we, 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 it's like when we start really studying the word, uh, we, we establish a habit, but then we really start desiring. I need my time in the word today. <laughs> you know, sure. and that, that creates that relationship with God and Christ, and that brings me into the word even more. And so right. I think with witnessing and and being a being a good witness for Christ and the way we the way we treat other people, you know, it may it may I don't know if that starts as a habit, but we start doing that and and like you said, you you feel compelled to to uh, to to do some more, you know, and you right. feel compelled to spread the good. And this is good news, <laughs> you know, and so yeah. you're you get past some of those hangups that you might have about. You know, oh gosh, I don't know how to witness. <laughs> you know, and and like you like we said at the beginning, you know, it's just let's just have a conversation. So um, yeah, those are some. Yeah, and that also that also really squares with kind of Wesleyan theology, right? These things that you're talking about, all mm-hmm. the things you're talking about, as habits, spiritual practices. Um, John Wesley used the language of means of grace. Um, these are mm-hmm. places where we encounter the grace of God, which means this is where we encounter the presence of God, which means that when we encounter the presence of God, God begins to change us from the inside out, um, and we become different people. Um, mm-hmm. And we, mm-hmm. you know, we naturally become more and more, I don't, wait, it's not natural because there's nothing natural about it. We, we, by the power of God, become more and more Christ-like. Um, and these are the sure. disciplines where either... Jesus said, hey, do these things and I'll meet you there. Or just the wisdom of the church over years has said, these are the things where we often encounter God. and We are changed and our natures are healed and our, you know, um, the, the guilt of sin's already been forgiven long ago, but the ongoing effects of that in us is healed as well. 
And so I'm all about, I'm right there with you in terms of, hey, let's make these patterns, let's make these practices, let's make this part of our life, because it does indeed change us from the inside out. Um, Mm -hmm. And so with this particular one, um, one of the things that our students who went on a prayer retreat with us in January did was they started working on a rule of life. And Mm -hmm. for them, in this particular case, that just meant very specific um, uh, uh, kind of a prayer practice throughout the week. These are the times that each day mm-hmm. they were going to pray, but they also looked at each day of the week and said, this is what I'm going to pray for on this day. You know, this is my first yeah. day. This is my family day. This is my world needs mm-hmm. day. And I would say the same thing is true uh, when we talk about kind of witnessing. If we want to start from that perspective of, you know, our witness begins when we join God in the work of being about the flourishing of all life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe Monday is your family day, and you say, every Monday I'm going to think about what my family really needs to be fully who they were created to be, and I'm going to work mm-hmm. on that, and I'm going to give them that. Mm-hmm. And that may be, hey, if you're never home for dinner, that may be they need my presence to flourish because God called us into the family relationship together. And every Monday sure. I to be it could be as simple as that. Um, it could be children and, and giving time for homework. It could be just time away, you know, having one of those parent-child um, kind of dates and being like giving time to listen to what dreams God is placing on their hearts and creating that mm-hmm. space. Like have have Monday be family day, for instance, and Tuesday be work day. And, you know, if you're in other clubs and organizations or other places where you interact with people on an ongoing basis, um, maybe it's someone you've never reached out to, but every time uh, you walk by them for whatever reason, you feel like, hey, I really should get to know that person. I walk by them all the time. Now, maybe that is someone experiencing homelessness or food insecurity. Um, maybe it's somebody who's not. Maybe it's someone you just pass by in the gym every single day and you wave, but you've never stopped to introduce yourself or say hello. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I think that that being that intentional about saying, you know, this is the day that I'm going to focus on being invested in the flourishing of this particular person or these particular people could be an incredible way to get started and start making a habit of it. I, I agree. That is, that's great. That is super. Well, we uh, we want to start wrapping up, and uh, today we're talking with Ryan Spurrier, who's the campus uh, pastor uh, with uh, UNC's uh, Wesley uh, Fellowship there in Chapel Hill. And um, so uh, just, to, you know, kind of to, to finish up, um, I guess, is there any, any last uh, comment or, or anything? I, one of the things that comes to my mind, uh, Charles Stanley you know, in a in a little message I heard, he was saying, you know, we're responsible for sharing the truth, you know, and and uh, so we we need to do that, and we need to let let God, you know, take take care of this other, you know, we we've got to share the truth, and I think that's something that, you know, we we have many opportunities when we think about it to to do that. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it, I mean, I'm just even thinking of that old classic hymn that I I used to love. You know, campus ministry, we don't sing hymns <laughs> too often. Um, sure. I'm even pulling my hymnal off the shelf to look up the words because I'm a little 
a little rusty on it. Um, still have the hymnal, just don't use it very often. But that we have a story to tell to the nations that shall turn their hearts to the right, a story of truth and mercy, a story of peace and light, a story of peace and light. And then that beautiful refrain, that the darkness shall turn to dawning and the dawning to noonday bright, and Christ's mm. great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and light. And just the reminder that God's choosing to work through us. Um, Jesus matters. Faith matters. Um, God's, you know, itching. I, I, I just envision God so often as just, um, just itching and itching and itching for us to catch up. You know, like God's always going before us and just, just can't wait for us to decide that, hey, we're going to get on board with sharing the story. And there's so much that God wants to do through us. Um, and, and God's just willing for us to take that next step and just waiting for us to take that next step. And, you know, sometimes we get tripped up thinking we have to have our entire life of faith figured out. And we have to know with certainty how God's calling us for the next 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Um but what I believe is God's just asking us to take that take that next most faithful step and just waiting to, to be part of that with us um, to bring life to the world. So absolutely, we got a story to tell, and, and may we all tell it. That's great. That's great. I think that's the that sums it up really well. And um, so, uh, gosh, uh, it's been great having you uh, for my guest today, and. Uh, I um I just think it's been a been a great conversation and and I hope uh, listeners uh get get a lot from that. So um thank you so much for joining us Ryan. Uh it's my pleasure. Enjoyed it. Many thanks to Ryan Spurrier for being our guest today. The discipline of witnessing is such a great way to conclude my series regarding the T4G spiritual workouts. His perspective really adds to the whole program of working out to make our walk with Christ stronger and impact the world for His kingdom. Thanks for listening. Training for Godliness is a podcast program of Spiritual Fitness Ministries of Greenwood, South Carolina. You can find our blog at chaplaingray.blogspot.com Remember, His faithful love endures forever. Until next time, this is Chaplain Gray.